So, so where exactly are you located? Uh, I'm in southeast London in England at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. So, do you do you currently do you primarily live there, or do you like? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, a town called Bedford, which is a little bit north of London, not very far. And I've spent most of, yeah, I suppose most of my adult life here in in London. And there's a lot of like one of the reasons I came here as an actor is for the film scene and for the um, the theatre scene. So it's a great place to be, and uh, yeah, I love it here. Awesome. Um, so I guess I guess that means you uh, let's say so you know, grew up in, um, big fan of like Mr. Blobby. Is that like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. Cause like, we've got some different, we've got some different things here. So I'm like, uh, yeah. English, I'm like Mr. Blobby. Like that's like the bit. It's, How do you know about Mr. Blobby? I'm a man of culture. I know about Mr. <laughs> Blobby. I'm a man of culture. I know the Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. Yeah. I... That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose we have some, some, some exports other than Mr. Blobby. There's Doctor Who, I guess this kind of stuff. Um, and there's a lot, you know, I'm really glad that I can come on and talk to you about this, um, the show, but also to kind of be part of this podcast, because I think American, uh, like if I can use the phrase geek culture and, and British geek culture, have a lot in common and share a lot. Uh, and I absolutely love that. So the fact that, you know, Mr. Blobby has made my day. Uh, well, you know, speaking of Mr. Blobby, I think that's a, that's a fun way to start the podcast. So what's up, fandom? My name is Josh, and today I have a very special guest. Um, Josh, now, okay, so I should have got this before we started. So is it yeah. Joshua Lease? Yes, perfect. So like I said, everybody, we don't need practice. Joshua <laughs> Lease is joining us today. Uh, so how you doing, Josh? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Thanks, Josh. It's going to be a bit confusing, Josh and Josh, but we'll just go with it, yeah? Uh, it's the Double J Podcast. We've got this. We've got this in the bag. We've It'll be fine. Um, so, so Josh, yeah, so we're speaking to Mr. Raleigh. Let's kind of kind of go into that, because uh, I'm here in probably the middlest of the country of America. Uh, the, sorry, the United States of America. The, uh-huh. It's the whole continent. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm in Oklahoma, so I'm, like, smack dab in the, I'm the state that looks like a pot. Um, okay. So, uh, and you are in uh, southern London. Yes, yes, the the, the city that looks like a, a blob. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so like kind of what we were talking about at the beginning, like we there are some differences. So, like with the American geek culture, and then you know the English. Um, so you have like yeah, like you're you're like I, I want to say like one of the big things that's come over here at least recently was probably Doctor Who. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's. It's celebrated massively in England and in the UK, but and it's filmed a lot of it's filmed in Wales. Um, but it's, yeah, Car- it's Cardiff, massive, right? Massive in the states, yeah, in Cardiff, yeah. But it's absolutely massive in 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 America, and I'm sure around the world as well. Because it's it's one of those like growing up. Um, we did have like there, there were some English things that came over. Like uh, my my uncle was really big in like the old Doctor Who, so he was like in like with the Tom Bakers and everything like that. So he was really big into that. And then uh, that caught, uh, we, we was also into Star Trek, and that kind of got me into Red Dwarf too. So like, oh, those nice. are like the two things that I'm just like, I know those are like super English. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, and then you have like uh, not really like geeky culturey, but like uh, you have other things like you've got like coupling and Gavin and Stacey that you know that yeah. make their way over here. Uh, skins yeah, and, guess, and like different things like that. Kind of. The Office is a good example of that, where it's it, there's there. It, I think we think of ourselves in England as being a bit self-deprecating. Our humour is laughing at ourselves. And I'm sure Americans do that a lot as well. But there's something really nice about The Office that the humour did translate 
really well into the States. Um, but yeah, I think Gavin and Stacey and these, well, it's interesting. So the show that I just did, Extraordinary, is is very much a self-deprecating take on the idea of superheroes. Um, it couldn't be any more British, I don't think. It's just being a bit embarrassed about being special. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so you are an actor, um, and you've done, you've done some cool stuff. So like you're in, uh, more than like almost like more than half the episodes of extraordinary. Cause I think there's what, like seven. So yeah, about half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Chernobyl, which was the big one. So like, like for me, like I was looking, I was like, well, now I got to rewatch Chernobyl. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so how yeah. did, how did you kind of get into acting? Like what was, what was little Josh like running around the streets of London? I'm sure. Let's see. Uh, Bedford. Yeah. Let me, let me think. My 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 football teams are not great. Um, Bedford. Let's see if we can guess. A big fan of footy. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm a fan enough to know that there's there's really nothing you can do with Bedford and football. I know. I was thinking. I was like, what is what's what's new Bedford? Like, there's there's a rugby team, uh, the Bedford Blues, and they I don't I never really watched rugby growing up, so um, I watch a bit now. But yeah, I don't think the Bedford Blues are. Uh, are that bad. Um, and there's a hockey team. I know hockey's big in the states, particularly in Canada um ice hockey uh in milton Keynes, and i think at milton Keynes have a have some good football as well which is a little it's a funny place milton Keynes. i don't know if you have an example of it there it's, it's been named it just sounds like a british town um but it's it's just where we used to go to do our shopping uh it was like this massive town that's full of roundabouts there's about 100 roundabouts in milton Keynes. And you just go there for shopping. It used to be a great fun day for us, but um, but yeah, they they're slightly better sports people than we are. Okay, so what was little Josh uh, like running around in Bedford? Uh, I I was quite shy actually as a kid. So it's and actually I've got quite a few interesting uh, stories from other actor friends of mine who who were also quite shy and, and not very outgoing growing up. I really didn't like the idea of drama at school drama classes and the drama club and all that kind of stuff it was a bit loud and a bit um intimidating so it wasn't until a bit later that I got into into acting but young Josh was I'm the youngest of four kids so um just trying to keep up that's how I put it really just trying to keep up with with the pace of everyone else um and we're a very musical family so there was a lot of music going around at the house stuff my, my dad still plays quite a lot of music from the 70s and 80s actually plays on guitar and and does some gigs and stuff like that um so yeah music was big and then i suppose i got into acting in in a big way just from watching films from just getting really psyched up watching watching films yeah so what were some of your uh your favorite films growing up uh i remember the first time i had a sort of thing that i i resonated with i must have been about 14 or 15 I remember watching the Ocean's Eleven, the, the newer Ocean's Eleven film. I only watched the, the original a few years ago, but um, watching the Steven Soderbergh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, everyone. Mm -hmm. And there was something about the humour in that film that I absolutely loved. And their style of acting. I think George Clooney and, and Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts and a lot of the actors in that have a, have a sort of old style of acting that I don't think people, new actors have this quality about them. I don't know, I can't describe it very well. It works very well on film. It's the sort of thing that in the in the 90s, in the 80s, they were able to 
captivate an audience on on film in a way that I suppose Robert Redford would as well. There's this sort of smooth, suave style of acting, but also they can go to all these um, the difficult places too. And I'm sure there are actors who've come out in the last 10 years who can do that. But yeah, there was something about the quality of the acting that I was just really drawn to. And they're very playful. I think they, it just seems like they're having a lot of fun while they're doing it. And that, that that's part of what I love about it. So not really being into like the drama and everything at school. So how did, how did, like, w- when did you start kind of getting into more of the acting? Was it, was it after you had, you know, completed school or like when, when did that kind of like happen? Was it more uh, theater? Was it, did you go, is that kind of where it kind of started? It was, it was towards the end of my time at school. I, we did like musicals at school. So we did some, we, we would do like every year we'd do a, a fun musical. So we'd do like Hairspray or something, an American musical usually. And then we'd do a really serious musical where everyone dies. We'd do Les Mis or something. And you just, we kind of oscillate between these really joyful musicals and these really sad musicals. Um, and I was part of that and, and really enjoyed performing in that. And I think for a while I thought maybe I, I'd be keen to get into musical theatre into uh, the West End and Broadway and that kind of thing, but um, but over time realised yeah that I actually uh, I had some really good English teachers at school, so learning Shakespeare, learning how to kind of understand Shakespeare and access the the um, the humanity and all that kind of stuff really uh, inspired me. So I put a lot of credit to those teachers that I had, and just over time I think it grew. Like I said, I, I used to watch movies, and for a while I wanted to be part of the team making films, maybe doing CGI or something like that, just bringing alive these uh, these alien worlds. But, um, but yeah, after a while, I just got hooked on acting and, and would watch videos, interviews with actors from the last 30 years or whatever, just trying to understand how, how they do what they do. And it's still, I feel like by the time I finish acting, the end of my career, I still won't have all the answers. I think that's part of the fun, part of the... Uh, the journey of going there's something unknown something strange that people can do where they replicate life on on screen and it it means something to the people watching it so yeah that was that was how i got into it i think so what was your first like uh like role that you were like you know what i'm going to continue to do this for the foreseeable future this is going to be my thing now well i so i did a couple of shows in Bedford, actually, at the, the Place Theatre in Bedford, little shout out, which is tiny, has about 50 people in the audience. And I did a couple of plays there um, and probably took things way too seriously. <laughs> I think it was probably uh, a lot more fun than I, I, I had out of it. But I, I really felt that the characters that I got to play there were very close to me and I really found that a rewarding experience. So maybe doing those, but, but then I, I went and trained for three years, went to drama school in Oxford. And um, while I was there, there were certain characters also that I think what the, the most rewarding thing for me as an actor is finding a character and and not knowing who they are and not really having anything in common with them on the page. Just going, here's a character that I played this character in a, a Russian play who was the basically the landlord's son. And he was just uh, a nasty guy, really. Um I was going, I don't know what, what's motivating him, where he's coming from and um, why he does what he does. And by the time we'd finished the show, I felt like I did. And I felt like that had come from a place inside me as well. Um, and that was really exciting. So I think roles like that, just at certain points where you go, I didn't know who this was and now I do. And I've been responsible for that 
um, has been a really exciting thing. And then getting to do that in the industry on, on camera and in the theater is just um, even more exciting. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of wanting to go back a little bit to what you said about um, being kind of like more shy and everything when you were younger, because mm. we've had a lot of, um, we've, we've had a good amount of actors on, but a, a large amount of voice actors on uh-huh. um, just because we, we started off doing animation. And so that kind of got us in that area. Um so, it, but yeah, listening to what you said, like I, that happens, uh, I, I feel like that happens a lot. Um, Cause just listening to you talk about that, I was like, yeah, we've had a lot of, they were not not typically like a sheltered uh, mm. upbringing, but it was definitely more of like, they weren't as like outgoing and boisterous. There are definitely some that are, and it translates really well, yeah. uh, but a lot of them are, it's like, yeah, they were just kind of like here. And then like, it wasn't until like school and that's when it kind of yeah. you know came out for them. So like yeah, that that's interesting that that is a um it, it feels like that's kind of like a thing that maybe maybe if you want to be a good actor kids, you know, maybe be be shy. Uh, maybe. I think what well, one of the things that it comes out with though is that you you become an observer, I think. Uh, if you're not very confident, if you're not part of lots of big social groups or for instance being the youngest in a in a, a family where there's lots of personalities going around you, you often I would sit back and I would just observe people I would be learning without intentionally doing it you, you're listening to people you're learning you're picking things up um, at these social gatherings you know I mean everyone's got different families but I'm sure plenty of us have got extended family cousins and when you come around for the holidays there's lots of different types of people in one room and and I think I just absorbed a lot of that and being being not so outgoing as a child um I think that was also part of it and that that helps me a lot is is I draw you know you draw characters out of you can only use what you know I suppose so uh, people that I've seen before um so let's kind of talk about some of your uh your your current stuff so I mean there was definitely Chernobyl in was that 2019 I believe yeah I think so yeah. yeah um and then uh currently uh Hulu with um extraordinary so how did how did those kind of happen like how did chernobyl i'm sure there was like a massive casting call for yeah for people because i mean that show like it doesn't feel like i mean there are some times there you can tell that you know people get reused um yes. like like a you'll have like a background character and then you'll see him be like oh now he's in a russian uniform uh yeah. but yeah like sometimes you see stuff like that but like definitely not in chernobyl like i don't remember like seeing that, cause like my brain is terrible, and, but it picks stuff like that up. Like if it's like the yeah. same voice in a different thing, I'll be like, I know that guy, I know that guy is from this thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember seeing that in Chernobyl. So how did, like, what was kind of like that casting call like? It was really interesting. So they were obviously casting a lot of characters. Well, I don't know how many, maybe let's say 60% of the, the speaking roles on screen were for sure real people named after real people. My character, Igor Kirschenbaum, was there uh, when the incident happened. Some of them had photos. So my character, I don't think there's any definitive photography that says this is who that person was. So it was a little bit more open with me. But I think part of that process, I suppose, was trying to find people who had a degree of similarity in the way they look. Um, But for instance, um, Emily Watson's character, uh, who she plays the scientist, who really is an amalgamation of various other scientists at the time but just for the sake of storytelling they they mm-hmm. created the character um th- there's instances like that but the casting process was so uh the casting team nina gold and um 
um, Robert Stern, they had they've cast Game of Thrones, Star Wars, a lot of big projects with a lot of actors that I suppose, like you say, you might see repeat actors. And I've since seen actually Robert Ems, who's in Chernobyl with me. He was in the um, in the recent Andor series, and you do see people pop up again. But um, but yeah, it was like you say a big cast and a big casting call. Specifically, I think people. <laughs> I just happened to look pale and sort of Eastern European enough that, <laughs> that I could play someone in December or no, whenever it was, play someone uh, in, uh, I think it was April, yeah, in, in Soviet Ukraine, who was um, slightly malnourished and able to uh, operate a, a nuclear power plant. So yeah, some of it was just uh, the type, but I had been in contact quite a bit with, I like to reach out to certain casting directors if I know I'd like to work on their projects. And uh, I'd been in touch with, with these casting directors once or twice and whether it was because of that or whether it was just I happened to look right and was in the right place at the right time um, I got this audition but I only had one audition which is amazing really and they just had a really good time with them um, and I don't know what it was but they just ended up with an incredible cast the people who who ended up being in that project everyone brought on the kind of weight of um of the history of what had happened, but also you have to try and find something new, something uh, fresh. I think a lot of that's down to Craig as well, Craig Mason, who, who'd written it and developed it, uh, who had written, like, he'd written a hangover, I think. He's, he's written a lot of comedies and things that are really, <laughs> don't match Chernobyl at all, but there's something about that, not necessarily a sense of humour, but that kind of levity and uh, um, the characterfulness they brought to it that I think made it a real success. Um. So what is that like? Because Hollywood and like cinema and like it, it, it's it's basically two camps. There's uh more like historical things where we're like we're telling a story of somebody who exists or existed, yeah. and then there's all the fantasy stuff, which is brand new characters, everything like that. So yeah. how different is it to play somebody that you get to put? everything into like this is a made-up character um you are this person and then going into somebody that i have to play a real life person who i know what happened to and all these things like how is the, what's like the juxtapose with that of like how yeah. different is that i think i i think i love them both just as much because what i love about historical fiction is or historical you know you might call it non-fiction but yeah the sort of biopic style things is the amount of research i absolutely love research and i i just part of the joy of the job is is learning about what life was like in eastern europe in in the 80s and learning about what it was like in 17 18th century france just kind of getting to know about the world and and people's lives in different circumstances who were just as uh i don't know ambitious as we are just as as humorous as we are and and trying to find those real people so I I think if it had to be one or the other I probably would love to do the research work more um but getting the opportunity to create something completely new is so much fun and a real privilege really just getting to create something you think about Doctor Who I suppose the first people who developed the Daleks that's all of their own creative ideas coming together making something absolutely legendary and that's really awesome. I think I suppose people like George Lucas were a great a great example of utilising both. Going well, let's take the, the Japanese 
martial culture and the, the imagery that we get from um, Japanese history and forging that with um, Greek mythology and, and turning all these things together and making something completely new. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there is research and influence in, in everything, but it, it's a lot of fun getting to create something new. If, if there's one, like, see, I'm going to give you carte blanche to do whatever you want. Um, if yeah. there's one thing that you could either act in or you know, direct, whatever you want to do, what is it? Like, is there like a, a franchise or if it's something like a story that hasn't been told yet that you want to be in, is there, is there anything like that? Wow. That's yeah, no, yeah, that's the, question. that's the load question. That's the, yeah. that's the, you know. <laughs> The one that uh, we probably should have included in the email. Like, think about that one. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, can I have two answers? Yeah, yeah. Um, take okay, take so. as many answers as you want. Like, like that's <laughs> right. why it's like, if you want to do a series, like, because like yeah. a series and a movie, two completely different things. You yeah. can tell a lot more things in a in a sure. series than in a movie, but you can yeah. also make something way more impactful in a movie than in a series. So yeah, yeah like I, I say go for it do both well i think i think there's two things one is adult josh and one is is young josh still living in adult josh and i think the young josh still living in adult josh is is doing some not being not playing superman but being in something of that scope that scale because i was i was listening to a great interview uh, a really old interview with christopher reeve and he was talking about the first time he was harnessed up and flying out in um in front of the screen and uh and being the flying Superman instead of uh, Clark Kent. And he just described the feeling of that. And it was just incredible to listen to. Um, and like I said, one of the reasons that I got into acting was, was the idea of creating fictional imaginary worlds and just doing something like that um, in, in, a, in a way that not just having, not being part of super sequel number 100, but being part of something like what, what they created with Superman one. Um, I don't know. I think that would be amazing. Well, is and, there is there like a, a Superman one type of thing that you would want to be? Like what is is there a is there a hero from Little Josh's era that you're like, I want to be that guy? Well, it's it's difficult to say because I think I have to think the things that I would be more likely to be cast in would be more like the 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 villains or the anti heroes. We're, we're gonna we're we're gonna do like. we're gonna Ryan Reynolds it. Like you're gonna you're Ryan gonna Reynolds you get it, okay. you get all of it. You whatever you want, man. I'm I'm gonna let you do whatever. Um, I, I'd probably say Spider-Man. I just, I've always loved Spider-Man. I talk about him quite a lot, but yeah, the, I, I think the whole arc with Peter Parker and Aunt May and Uncle Ben, the whole thing is just perfect for me. I find it so wonderful. And I, I guess I know that he's not from a small town, but my experience growing up, um, I, I watching the sound. New York's Spider -Man, pretty small. I mean, it's kind of, I, it's just, yeah. it's... it has that neighborhood feel about it. And yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely That's why he's the friendly it. neighborhood Spider-Man, you know. Can't beat it. So, yeah, that, that would be my kind of childhood dream. But in terms of as an adult actor, I absolutely love Aaron Sorkin. Uh, you know, West Wing and the newsroom and uh, social network. And I just think the way that he writes is how my brain wants to think. Not necessarily, I'm not smart enough to, <laughs> to think like Aaron Sorkin, but, but his dialogue, I think, is the best dialogue. So you are so it's kind of like more of like a political esque drama. Yeah, maybe a political thing. I mean, he does a lot of like Moneyball. He does these things that are are set in different times in history. I'm quite drawn to the '90s in terms of periods and settings. I think there's something quite um, the fact that the '90s was at the end of something and on the cusp of something, 
and it was pre-digital there was even though you could take a recording device into a room and, and you could record something surreptitiously it, it's a very different experience that we live in now with mobile phones mm-hmm. uh, and accountability is a very different thing so uh, maybe a kind of period thing that Aaron Sorkin have written that's very specific but that's that that would be it for me um so uh as as an actor um you I would assume you you still go and you watch the movies and in the TV I mean you gotta you know see what's out there um is there anything that you're like currently watching currently into uh in terms of tv so i i, I tend to re-watch old stuff so i'm watching a lot of star trek at the moment um fantastic where are you at which i don't need to recommend because i'm sure people if, if you like star trek you like star trek but i'm i'm about five episodes away from the end of voyager fantastic. Um, i do know what happens at the end of voyager thanks to memes and things but um I'm a I'm about five seasons into Next Gen and about three seasons. I can't remember how many there are of Enterprise. I'm watching Enterprise as well. I think Enterprise got four. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm coming towards the end of that. Anyway, I I've, because I've been watching those kind of alongside each other. I'm waiting until I've finished Voyager before I start. Deep Space Nine. I'm sure Trekkies out there would be like, what the hell are you doing? As a Trekkie myself, I'm sitting here and I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, the fact that you have multiple going at the same time, in my mind, I'm like, how? How are, how are yeah, you doing sorry this? sorry about that. It's just one of the things, I, I have a an impulse as a person where I, I'm not a binge watcher and I can't binge watch things. And there's something about breaking it up that means that I can watch more content. Uh, okay. I, I like I like the idea that TV shows back then they was they came out once a week. You could buy the box set, I guess, but I like splitting it up a little bit, seeing the episode in its own context, and that's just me. I'm a bit old fashioned like that. But um, I'm also I just started The Last of Us, um, which also was written by Craig, mm-hmm. who wrote uh, Chernobyl, and I've been really enjoying that. I'm about three episodes in at the Nick Offerman episode. It's a good episode. Fantastic, yeah. Um, what else? I went to see the whale the other day. Um, I'm waiting for that to come. It, it it's very limited over here, like especially oh, in Oklahoma. It? They were like it was like two days and it was gone. Oh, um, no, okay. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> exactly what I wanted. Um, so I'm waiting to. It's pr- probably not going to be until like it uh, home video release, so I can get uh, that because. Okay. But it's on my it's on my top list. I'm like, man, I gotta watch the whale. Like I love Brendan Fraser, so like I gotta watch yeah. the whale. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Darren Aronofsky, the director, and he just makes incredible films. So, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, well, once you're done with your ridiculous Star Trek watch, Mike, I, I, I'm like, what the heck? Uh, come back on. We'll talk some Trek. We, we've had, we do okay. a lot of, so we're going to do a lot of Star Trek and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, I, going back, like watching a Star Trek for the first time, like that's, yeah. I'm like, man, I kind of envy that. Like that's, that's so, some good stuff. I haven't seen the original series, which probably is also criminal to then be watching all this other stuff. But I, I watched a couple of episodes uh, and I felt in the same way watching old Doctor Who, the pace of it is very different. The I found it a, a difficult watch just to sit and relax and I'll get there. But I think I just need to sink my teeth into it. Um, I'm, I've now got all the kind of Trek lore in my head, I think I'll, I'll be I'll be ready to go back and, and give it a shot soon. Yeah, it's old, like the old 60s Trek. It's definitely a 
at most 30 minute show that they have to right. pad time out in. And it you can <laughs> tell like there's okay. a lot of when they're like, you don't have to show Kirk and Spock like walking down a corridor and then getting in the turbo. Like, you can just yeah. have them on the bridge. Like we don't need to see that as a viewer. Yeah. Like we're okay with that. But I mean, I understand the padding out that they have to do. Um, sure. But yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah, like as much of a Trek fan that I am, like you can skip like the majority of TOS. Like there's like, okay. there's a, there's a, some good episodes. Yeah. And then like, there's, there's one with Frank Gorshin. Um, and he's like got a half black face, half white face, wow. and it's a whole like thing. And it's because okay. um, like there's the the there's a he's got like black on his left and like white on his right. And then there's uh -huh. another one who's got white on his left oh, wow. and black on his right. And it's like, oh, yeah, wow. well, these are like the second class citizens because oh, they have wow. black on their right. And, and, and it's a whole thing. And yeah. it's and Frank Gorshin like kills it because, I mean, dude was a freaking magical actor yeah. Yeah. um so what what is uh i digress i could talk about star trek no, all day me uh, too, but thanks. Um, so uh what is what is next for josh so next i've got a couple of things that i filmed last year that will be coming out later this year one of which i think will probably just be a uk release on a, a channel we have itv it's about carrie grant uh, it's a, a biopic miniseries about Cary Grant. Jason mm -hmm. Isaacs uh, plays Cary Grant, which is um, fantastic casting. So I, I did a couple of days on that, and I'll just pop up a little bit. I won't be in it in, in a big way. Um, but I also worked on um, the new Ridley Scott film that's coming. I will probably come out later this year. I don't know, summer or, or, or autumn or fall, sorry. Um, and that is yeah it's about napoleon joaquin phoenix playing napoleon it's got an incredible cast it's going to be really exciting um and i filmed that i think about april last year but there's long process of post-production on that so that's yeah that's what's next with me and i guess you're going to play the duke of wellington that's it yeah <laughs> okay so dumbest thing like i i learned this i want to say in sixth grade yeah um and it stuck with me and it'll be with me on my deathbed but do you know the name of the Duke of Wellington's horse during the Battle of Waterloo? Uh, if you asked me in April last year, I would have said yes. <laughs> I don't remember, no. Copenhagen. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, for whatever reason, like my, I had a history teacher that taught us that. And yeah. it's, my, it's my one bit of like historical trivia oh, that great. I'm like, I've got that. That's mine. Like, I that's know. Impressive. I remember stupid Copenhagen the horse. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad, Josh. I'm glad this conversation came up so that you could you could use that. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, anytime somebody mentions the poem, I'm like, well, did you know during the Melon Waterloo? <laughs> well, I can guarantee Copenhagen will make a feature in this film. So that, that's, you'll have a great time. That my my heart, as long as in the credits they say Copenhagen and have like sugar cube the horse like that's yeah. that's all i want that's good, okay. <laughs> um so so Josh, thank you so much for coming on man this was uh this was fun yeah i've had a great time it's been really nice chatting with you um if people want to find you and like follow you uh social media wise how do they do that uh i'm not many places but i am on twitter uh which i believe is josh underscore lease uk at gmail oh, no that's my not gmail can we go back? <laughs> is it, what was it? So, so Josh, if people want to find you social media wise, where do they find you? So I'm, I'm not in many places. I'm on Twitter. I'm, uh, you can find me, just Google me, 
Josh Lease, L-E-E-S-E. But on Twitter, I think it's uh, Josh underscore Lease UK. Uh, that's my my tag. And you might not find my, my tweets interesting, but if you do, follow me and you might have a laugh. We'll we'll put them in the show notes. We'll find it. We'll we'll find it. We'll dig through them. We'll we'll dig through. Thanks. We'll dig through the the Twitter sphere. We'll 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 put you in the in the show notes. Um, and you can find me everybody on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom and on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcast. You can check out our anime podcast, the Anime Book Club, um, wherever you download podcasts as well. So iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify. YouTube and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com because I'm too lazy and haven't changed the name of the website yet. Um, But Josh, again, thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time. Thanks, Josh. We definitely need to talk about some Star Trek. So when Star Trek comes out, when you're done, when you're done, come back over here and we'll we'll talk some Trek. Good. Good, will do. All right. So for What's a Fandom, I'm Josh. Uh, And for Josh, this is Josh. Live long and prosper. Bye, everybody.